You're listening to the DGD Podcast. Sponsored by La Touraine. Here's your hosts, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds. Listen, guys, we got a lot to talk about, and I'm not even going to lie about it. You have April Fool's Day, right? So first off, make sure you don't get it twisted. All right, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Just say it. Uh, anyway, this, uh, dogs in the NFL, we're going to talk about this. There's some stuff that happened over this week. Listen, I'm just saying it's going to be fire. First off, show is brought to you by DGD Podcast, though. Um, lots of rain, right? Lots of rain. Use code DGD at checkout. Get 10% off your purchase site-wide. Also, make sure to tune in. Uh, check out the Discord, discord.gg forward slash Bones Brigade, and Patreon, patreon.com forward slash DGD Podcast. Drop some intel today. Uh, check it out. Uh, subscribe. Discord is free, guys. Discord is free. Uh, good community there going. With that being said, though, right? With that being said, got a lot to talk about. I see the brigade is kicking up in here. I uh, got the dog. We're going to do a little roll call. The dog, uh, which is Tanil, Zachary, Rudes, and Mr. Patrick Oliver. Guys, having, I'm hoping y'all are having a great Friday. Um, hope y'all don't fall for all this April Fool's stuff nonsense. But look, Today's show ain't about that nonsense, all right? We're going to be talking about, first off, we'll go ahead and start with the NFL, right? A lot of dogs about to be taking this draft cup coming. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to be interesting because UGA is going to continue feeding the NFL, uh, NFL with draft talent more than ever. And it's going to continue this way. And, and I want to start off by saying that. My meaning by this, if you take the numbers from Georgia at the combine in uh, Indianapolis this year, the I want to say I don't think we saw it. Well, out of the main participants, you know, Jordan Davis, four, seven, eight, Devontae Wyatt, four, seven, seven. You saw four threes. You saw four fours. Zeus cooked both four low four fours. Pickens, four, four, seven, uh, seeing the four three. Why does that matter? But when you want to, and what I mean by that is, look at look at recent pro days. You had Florida and Texas A&M, right, running uh, their pro days. And listen, if you're a fan of chicken wings, you should have went there because there were a bunch of five flats. It's like you eating five flats all day. This is what it was, just period. What it was. Why does that matter though, right? Why does that matter? It matters because guys are going to come to Georgia. They're going to a get developed. B, they're going to get in the best shape of their life, running as fast as they possibly can. And then they're going to go to the draft and they're going to make millions of dollars. And these millions are more than what you're guaranteed on this NIL deal. This is the way it's going to be. So the blueprint, and I'm glad Georgia's a team doing this, is sticking this business as usual, right? When the, in, in the whole world of NIL, you need to stay what we're doing, stay the course. Because kids see those numbers and come April, you're going to see, you know, what Patrick even says, potentially five dogs in the in the first round. That's a possibility, and that's not a far, that's not a stretch. There is a good chance that that could happen. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but I'm telling you right now, 
you thought Georgia's pushing out talent now, just wait. Just wait. The development is going to be key, and it's coming at Georgia. It's the way it's going to be, and it's going to continue to be that way. But you're going to pump out more NFL talent now, and you're probably going to see, you know, the monikers, the RBUs, LBUs, right? Who's to say that doesn't change to, you know, D-line you? Ultimately, I'm not saying it is now, but I'm just saying it could, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but I'm telling you right now, UGA is going to continue feed the NFL, but it's going to it's going to be pushing out a ton of talent and comparing those numbers, right? Comparing the numbers based off of those numbers, uh, you know, the 40 times. Listen, Trayvon Walker, all these other guys killed it in all your tests and measurables. That's just the way it was. Just the way it was. So you're going to sit there. You're going to see Georgia pumping talent in and it's going to pay dividends because recruits look at that. Recruits will look at that. Patrick Oliver also says tight end you. Yeah, if Todd Hartley keeps it up, my goodness. I'm just saying. Just saying. But obviously we're going to sit here and talk about uh, some spring practice. We're going to transition over to the spring practice. And I think one of the takeaways from Kirby Smart's uh, press conference after yesterday's practice was was mentioning uh, a Rick Gilbert, right? 265, 270 playing, and he's trying. it seems like he's transitioned to tight end. Right. I think you look at the weight and honestly where it is right now, he's still got some room to, you know, to slim down. Right. I think that's what's going to happen now, whether he comes at like 240 or what, we'll, we'll see. But compared to, you know, compared to one point when he came in at almost 300, that's a lot of work. Uh, so there's some work to be done there. But listen, with, with the with the possibility of him getting a lot of one reps and through the spring at tight end, we saw what happened last year with the development of the tight ends. Tight ends were utilized ridiculously compared to other places it seemed like right you Brock Bowers was just getting target after target and touchdown after touchdown so you know I was under the impression he would come in as a receiver and he did but it seems like Kirby's transitioning back to the tight end position based off of the usage at least for now we'll have to see what happens but I'm just saying if you see if he sticks at tight end how do you guard that how do you guard that because you're 13 personnel you know we lived in 12 personnel who's to say if a rick gilbert stays at tight end who's to say we don't live in 13 personnel uh, let's be honest you could honestly see that just saying uh patrick in the brigade listen bowers is a monster no sophomore slump you're right you're right uh roots also talking about the draft just a little bit ago, uh, in his opinion, guaranteed at least three dogs in the first round, most likely four. Now, we've talked a lot about these guys and who we think will be in the draft uh, in the first round. And I think you, your three, uh, as Ruth attested to, you got to look at uh, you got to look at Devontae, you got to look at Trayvon, Jordan Davis. Definitely think you could see Nicobe in there at four. Uh, you could honestly see Pickens or seen maybe both. Right, to get you your five slash six. It's going to be interesting, though. It really will be interesting to see what happens. And obviously, look, you can tune in here. And we're going to talk about that as the draft when it comes. Right. But we're going to talk about the draft as it comes later on down the road. But kind of going back to this, uh, Rick Gilbert, the the possibilities and, and get how much it gets your mind going, um, looking at the possibility of 13 personnel, um, you know, do you, I still think you see more 12 than you do 13, 
But what does that mean if you do 13 personnel with the with the talent that you have? You have, you know, thinking of the possibilities of having Brock Bowers paired up with Darnell Washington, paired up with a Rick Gilbert. Uh, you still got Oscar Delt that's uh, getting a lot of reps right now, uh, obviously being a freshman uh, in the situation currently with the tight end depth. Uh, so he's getting a lot of reps, too, and he's getting his feet wet very fast, right? very fast. And that's what you need, right, because – we saw this last season. Guys were stepping up and putting into situations, and they stepped up. They made plays, ultimately to the tune of a natty, right? I think you're going to see that this way. It's Todd Munkin's got his hands, got his work cut out for him, and in, a, in a, all the best way possible. How do you keep? How do you get these guys on the field? And you know, what do you do with them, right? Do you see even more 13 personnel than normal? Maybe, you know. And then if you're in the brigade, feel free to let me know what you think. And we'll discuss. We'll discuss. But I'm just telling you right now, there's a possibility you're going to see a lot more 13 personnel. How, and especially if the receiving core, you know, listen, there's a ton of talent at the receiving position. But when you have that much talent at the tight end position, you know, you can do a 12 personnel and rotate. Keep guys fresh and constantly be in threats. You have receivers, you know, Arian Smith, CJ Smith can tear the top off of it. Dominic Blaylock, right? Dominic Blaylock can come in. Uh, in the middle where the where the void was, right? You got AD opposite. And Roots, now that Roots is in here, I think the name, 13 personnel, the designation, the name doesn't matter. It's how they'll be used, and that is catching. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's scary, right? Because I love the possibility of seeing Darnell and and uh, Rick Gilbert running through the running up the seams, <laughs> you know, running in the middle. Because there are two mismatches already. But then you got 80 outside. You've got Arian Smith, which just can burn the top off of a defense. The potency of this offense, if, if things click, is scary. Absolutely scary. It, I, you hear about all these people talking about Georgia's losing this, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I get it. But offense can definitely make up if there's any regression at all. The offense could more than make up with it with its potency potential. Right. There's so much potential for this offense to to just be a, a juggernaut. And, and it's underrated. Right. It's 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 not your JMO type name, right? You, you have 80 You're not a five-star receiver, this and that. Look, Rick Gilbert, five star, Darnell Washington, five star, Oscar Delp, high four star, Brock Bowers, four star. It's just crazy how the the formula and the recipe that George is using. It's a little bit different than years past, it seems like. Utilizing the tight end more than your receivers. I'm not even mad. Not even mad. <laughs> and Patrick says he's waiting for more dogs to shine so he can spend more money on autograph merch. Listen, that's a true thing too, man. That's that's another thing. You sit there to get some some stats and stuff and you know, Brock Bowers, Jalen Carter, you name them, right? Just especially just waiting to see what happens this year. It, it's gonna be interesting. I, I do think that our offense is gonna be extremely potent and, and people better not sleep on that. Like it, you just cannot sleep on that. Just cannot sleep on that facet. So if whether you're Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, I'm just telling you, you thought our offense was good last year. Just there, the potential for is going to be even better this year. And, and honestly, you know, people can talk about this regression on the defense and losing people. Guys, we just reloaded. We just reload. Like, it's not going to surprise me to see Michael Williams make an impact early, even as early as the Oregon game. 
you could definitely see him making an impact. You could see uh, Marvin Jones Jr. making an impact almost instantly. The, the amount of freshman impact players that have the potential to be that instant impact player is scary. It's scary. Because you're, you're looking at Micah. Christian Miller ain't even on campus yet, and I guarantee you he's going to be an instant impact player. It's going to be downright scary. But I trust Coach Scott. I trust the whole coaching staff to get these guys ready to go come September, period, right? Come September, these guys are going to be hungry. They're going to be ready to go, and they're going to kick some fucking ass. So what's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Just going to happen. But also, you know, while we're talking about this right here, I do want to break down one position group that I have uh, some, you know, not really questions, but I want to just look at it more in depth. Uh, and what, you know, because this past season, there was a lot of drop-off, or not a drop-off, but uh, we're losing a lot, right? And everybody wants to look at the the defense and what we're losing. And that's the linebacker, the whole linebacker uh, core, right? You're losing guys, Nakobe, Channing, <clears throat> and Quay, excuse me, and you're losing them all to the draft. They're going to get high draft picks, too. How does Georgia replace those? How do you replace that kind of production and the talent? And to some degree, you don't. You definitely just find the right guys to plug in and fix it working. That's just the way it goes. And what I mean by that is this. There's there's no question that there's too much talent. And I wouldn't say too much, but so much talent in the linebacking room. But you've got guys like Jonathan Dumas Johnson that Kirby Smart called out yesterday as, as being a leader and, and stepping up and making plays. You've got Smile Mondin. You've got Xavier Sori. You've also got Robert Peel coming back, stack, uh, sack leader from last year, coming back. Nolan Smith off the edge. If, I don't know if you really want to call him a linebacker, but you could. Uh, I don't see him playing the linebacker, but you get you can get where I'm going with this. He can drop back into coverage. We saw that against Florida. But Jonathan Dumas Johnson, Smile Mondin, Bill, Robert Bill, there you go. We will be just fine. Jonathan Dumas Johnson coming out of, uh, coming out of high school was already college ready. Uh, just kind of went under the radar a little bit. Obviously, we had guys like Channing, we had Quay, we had Nicobe. I get it. But he made impacts early and often when he touched the field. And that matters because they all got good reps. Maybe the inside linebacker position, not as much. But you're going to see guys like Jonathan Dumas Johnson make a lot of impact plays early, extremely early. Now, Rudes also poses a question. Let's see what this question is. New question series each year. Possible walk-on star to rise, as did Dan Jackson, Stetson Bennett. <clears throat> and I'm going to take that, Roots, and I'm going to say it's Dan Jackson because he, he came up. If I'm not mistaken, he's still a walk-on. But I'm telling you, he's going to be an impact player in that safety position. He's going to. He, he, he You know, you have guys like Malachi Starks coming in. Um, but Dan, listen, that experience is key, right? And Kirby values experience at the safety position. You know, you have Chris Smith and Tyke Smith coming back, you know, so, so that if you have that experience factor there, right, whether it's a walk-on or scholarship, whatever, that's going to matter. Um, but, Roots, if you want me to switch it up and say somebody else, give me Brett Thorson 
if I'm not mistaken, he's a walk-on, I think. I think he's a walk-on. It's a punter. Open spot, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him kick, uh, taking punting duties. Just would. Kid, he's Australian. Australians have had typical success putting out talent. So, you know, just saying. I think you can look at Brett Thorson. He's going to – and listen, a lot of people don't understand that Camarda had such an impact in the game, right? People focus on offense, defense, but they always lose track of the special teams. Special teams can kill you, and it can win games if you do it right. Why do you think Zamir White was blocking uh, on, a, on a punt block? He scored the touchdown against Arkansas, right? Special teams matters. Trayvon Walker was a freshman running down kickoffs, right? The special Kirby values special teams. And all those guys are impact players. So Brett Thorson could be that guy. Could be that guy. Patrick says, shout out to Chris Smith. Dude was impacting big moments last year, but he doesn't get the hype some of the others did. Listen, you know what? You're right. But guess what? His year is now, and he can make an even bigger impression than what he did last year. And it's crazy to say that because he started off the season with the pick six. And he, and he made plays throughout the season. It's crazy to say that. But I'm telling you, he'll have, I think he has an even bigger year this year. I just think that. Just think that. Patrick, can't wait to see him this year. Exactly. So, we've talked a little bit about the linebacking, linebacker room. Oh, Patrick also said – or Tanil, sorry. Sorry, Tanil. Uh, Pat, uh, Tanil also says all of our Smiths. Yeah, we got a ton of them. <laughs> got a lot of them. Uh, you know, look, we've talked about, right, we've talked about the uh, the linebacker room that I'm curious about, but I'm telling you right now, don't be worried about it because you lose all that, you know, production. We've talked about a Rick Gilbert uh, transferring over to the tight end. It's going to be interesting what Todd Munkin does with this offense, whether it's more 13 personnel whether you live in 12 personnel, I think there's so much tight end depth that you kind of have to, or you take the tight ends and slide them out, you know, maybe like move Brock Bowers off the line. You know, I think, I think you'll see that, but we'll see about that. But I want to talk a little bit about the NCAA, and this one is for the brigade. And if you're in here and you want, if you listen, if you're watching this afterwards, feel free to comment. But I'm going to pose a question to each and every one of you. Who, which program out of these two will become prominent again first? The question being, or the answer, or the choices being, excuse me, I'm all over the place, USC Trojans or Miami? It's going to be interesting, and I'll tell you, I think it's Miami. I'll tell you why. On paper, Miami's coaching staff is insane. It's insane. It's insane. A lot of talent, a lot of experience. And, I mean, you know, both places are in, you know, fertile grounds, but there's nothing like South Florida in that area if you're able to recruit it. Both teams are in somewhat weaker conferences. You know, Miami would have to go against Clemson, Oregon in the uh, Pac-12, and even Utah at this point based off of last year. But I'll tell you something that I think Miami's going to have over USC to get them back, and that's defense. It's, at, it's defense. Lincoln Riley can put up 
all your recruits offensively, there's no question. When he was at Oklahoma, listen, he didn't necessarily build anything, right? He didn't build anything. Definitely maintained what Stoops had left him. But he didn't build off anything, did he? Cristobal at Oregon, you could say he helped. You know, he didn't maybe – I guess you could say he kind of built something or at least maintained it, right? But you take Miami's job. And Miami, you know, with crystal ball, listen, he's at, he's at home. He's at home. And I know Oregon fans are upset that he left, and they're happy that they got Coach Lanning, and I'm happy for them too. My, you know, South Floridian, I think he's going to thrive better, and he's going to be able to recruit the defensive guys that are going to help Miami get to the ACC championship and potentially even win an ACC championship, and if you do that and they play the right way, there's potential for the playoffs, right? I want to see consistency, though. You look at the Pac-12, you know, USC, they'll probably win most of the games. could be fighting with Oregon for, you know, Pac-12 championships. Fair. But I think if you look at the way the ACC is, there's a little bit more difficult, you know, rough terrain for Miami to navigate around. But I think Crystal Ball is the right coach for that place to bring them back where they need to be. And they can do that, <clears throat> I think, arguably as fast, if not faster, than Lincoln Rally out west. So with that being said, we're going to turn it back over to the brigade. Roots, Roots thinks Miami. Crystal Ball has a solid staff and experience. Worried long-term, worried long-term, however. And, that's, and I get that as well. It's all about retention and then recruiting. Right, recruiting South Florida when you've got the likes of Georgia, Alabama, picking it away. You know, obviously, I think there's a little bit more of a chance of you know, you've got Florida, Florida State trying to pick them away. There's so many schools picking at South Florida, and that are relatively close. Whereas California, you're still getting guys getting picked away, but it's just not on that level. So I think that's what might be concerning Roots. It sounds like. Uh, USC has money and a head coach who handed a program with Oklahoma. Yeah. Cristobal does, however, know how to read a, rebuild a program, as Drew said as well. So this comes to my you know topic of discussion where I just think that Miami can get back there soon. Now, listen, college football is better, and I don't even care for this too much, but when both of those teams are bet, like when the, both of those teams are relevant and good, College football just seems more fun. Going back to the nostalgic kind of days, you know, back in the early or late 90s, early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, right, with the Liners, the Bushes, you know, the Miami 2001 Hurricanes team. Yeah. So, uh, Tanil is recruiting, or she's rooting for Miami, but she also says that Clemson has the ACC, which is another team that I think they will based off of talent, but I need to see what happens, especially long-term. I need to see these defensive coordinator hires. What's going to happen, right? What's going to happen? Are they going to sustain themselves? Are they going to keep, are they going to, you know, are they going to regress? Are they going to progress? So that is the question there. But with that being said, we're going to end this portion of the show for today, and we're going to go to our Q&A. So with that being Thanks for listening to the DGD Podcast. 
Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the DGD Podcast YouTube channel, where you can watch live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DGD Podcast. And check out the website at www.dgdpodcast.com. <laughs>